Greetings and welcome to the Christopher Anastasio podcast. This is episode 71. It's Friday, May 6th, 2022. Hope you guys are doing well. And as I promised you guys, I continue to look for every single opportunity that I can to create some content. And I'm actually in the vehicle right now, uh, headed to an appointment, uh, but wanted to get this episode recorded for you guys. Um, got a few out this week, so I was really happy about that. Kind of stayed on track with a couple couple other episodes this week. Um, I think I published three or four actually so far, so super happy about that. But today I just want to talk to you guys briefly about two things totally unrelated to each other. Um, the first one being a little bit of a continuation of a couple episodes ago, I talked about this whole idea of know thyself, um, you know, and, and really like understanding how you do your work, like how you get your work done. Um, you know, what your optimal work habits are, what times of day, what, you know, when, when are you best suited to do certain kinds of work and when are you suited to not do those kinds of work. And I was really just kind of thinking some more about that today. And I was thinking about, um, my own sort of routine and I, and I, I kind of went over it in that episode. I talked a little bit about it already, but, you know, I really was kind of zeroing in on this idea that when you start to figure out exactly where you work best timing of the day wise and how you go about doing that work you can unlock more potential you can you can start to accomplish more you can start to get more done and be more ambitious with your goals because what you'd normally accepted let's say as downtime or dead time where let's say your brain isn't functioning or your you know, you're just not able to um, to just get going. You know, just to just to figure out you know what needs to be done and how you're going to do it and that sort of thing. Um, you really kind of get into this situation where you figure you you end up figuring out that there's more there's more in the day. There's more potential within the day for you to get things done than you ever saw before. And for me, this is like totally focused on, this is totally focused on three points in the day that I even, uh, I think went over a couple episodes ago. Um, and it all comes down to thinking ahead and planning ahead to those times of the day, like knowing exactly, exactly what I'm going to do when those points of the day come around. And if I can do that, if I can get into that mode where I'm thinking ahead to that, then I can really, I can really start to accomplish things at a, at a faster rate. And those times of the day, just to recap that, are very first moment of waking up, like just waking up completely exhausted. You know, I never get enough sleep anymore, so that's, that's kind of out of the question anyway. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, no matter how long I sleep, you know, if it's three hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours, it doesn't matter. I wake up exhausted. I can't think clearly. You know, I'm, I'm not able to engage my brain at that hour of the day to say, okay, now let me survey all the things I have to do and prioritize them and rack and stack them. And it just is not going to happen at that hour of the day. It's just absolutely not going to happen. The brain's default in that position, that time of day is going to be shut down. Just, you know, go through the motions, you know, empty the dishwasher, you know, clean out the cat litter, you know. <laughs> jump in the shower. I mean, it, it's going to resort to the things that it knows and nothing more than that. 
right? It's just not going to be able to come up with original thought and original planning in that moment, okay? Excuse me. So that's, that's kind of the first time of day for me that there's a problem, the second I get up out of bed. The second time of day is when I have to go into the office, that moment of walking into the office, there's just all kinds of things coming at me. Now, for an introvert whose best work is done in you know, a cave 50 feet under the surface of the earth, <laughs> an office environment is actually very difficult for me to sort of mentally block out and to concentrate. It just doesn't happen very easily. Okay, it's just very, very, very difficult for me to get into that, into that environment, into that atmosphere, and just immediately launch into being productive. It's like, it's almost like, you know, think of it like a basketball player at the free throw line. Like, I got to sit there and like dribble the ball for like 10 seconds, and I got to line up the shot. I mean, it's like literally, you know, when everybody's making fun of uh, the guy on the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, was it last year in the finals or whatever with, when he was playing Phoenix and they were making fun of, you know, he has to dribble the ball like 25 times before he shoots a free throw. I mean, that, 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 that's me. That's me coming into an office environment where there's people, there's noises, there's conversation, there's distractions, there's, you know, ad hoc requirements that pop up, you know, pu- get pulled into a meeting here, get shunted off to another priority there. So that kind of pacing an environment is, is very difficult for me to concentrate. And I mean, there's positives to it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, sometimes just working all by yourself for 10 hours straight, that can be very lonely. That can be very disengaging. That can be very, you know, uh, uninspiring in, in a sense, right? I mean, there are people that in that office environment that, you know, you like, you, you enjoy talking to, you want to talk to. So you end up in this situation where you're kind of torn, right? You have these priorities, you got this work you want to jump on. But there are people around that you like and you like working with and stuff like that. So it becomes difficult. It becomes really, really difficult to engage right away. The other thing I kind of realized about myself too, which is kind of interesting, I hadn't really thought of this before, I'm pretty sure I didn't mention it on the last episode, is that I also have this sort of mental thing about starting from zero, right? So when I come into the office, on days when I come into the office, and I'm in that atmosphere... And, and actually, this could happen anywhere. This isn't just the office, but the office can be triggering for this because the office kind of signifies, like, hey, the work is about to begin kind of a thing. But when I, when I think to myself, as I enter that setting and I pull out that fresh sheet of paper to make my to-do list, which is always written down, I can't do an electronic to-do list, and that paper is filled with things to do, but none of them are crossed off, <laughs> Right. Yeah, let's say I write down like 40 things to do that day. And when I say 40, I don't mean like 40 major projects. I mean, you know, it could be a major project or two on there. It could be things like clearing out email inboxes, you know, making a phone call or setting an appointment that, you know, has been longstanding or whatever. Things like that. So there's just, there's lots of things that could fall into that category, right, of, of being on, on that, that to-do list, right? So, you know... You, you basically like you come on to you come onto that sheet of paper and it's blank and it's like oh my goodness right look at these look at all these things I've got to do and I'm at zero I am at zero I haven't done any of this stuff yet right I haven't crossed one single thing off this list yet right so basically there's a mental block there it's like damn I'm starting from zero this sucks 
why start at all? You know what I mean? Like, this is a very corrosive voice track, guys. Let me be really, let me be really clear about that. I mean, I don't consider this like a healthy or productive thing. I mean, this is like, you know, this is not what you want to be saying to yourself when you get a whole day's worth of work ahead of you, right? Or more, right? Like you're trying to do more than a day's work in a day, okay? So, so that's what sometimes takes over. And so that moment when, you know, the laptop is being opened and the, and the pad is being brought out with the pen to make the list, that's where I have my second major pitfall of the day in terms of getting work started and getting going, okay? The third part of the day is at the very end of the day, okay? So we're talking like, you know, could be late at night when everybody in my family is asleep, okay? I'm talking about like I am the last one awake, the lights are out, you know, the, the whole place is quiet. That moment is also a tipping point where it's like one of three things can happen. Either I'm just going to collapse into bed, like I'm just going to follow suit and be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't concentrate on anything. I can't accomplish anything at this point. I'm just done, right? Or I'm going to just blow idle time. Like I'm going to, you know, throw on Sports Center or the news or, you know, just scroll through my phone looking at Apple News and doing something useless like that and just wasting time all around. I mean, not not producing anything, not not accomplishing anything and not even sleeping. I mean, just doing nothing that you know that 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 gets me anywhere, right? Or thirdly, I could work. I could break out the phone. I mean, sometimes once in a blue moon I break open the laptop, but for the most part, it's the phone. And it's, you know, doing emails, you know, reviewing social media news, uh, just practicing different marketing things, uh, you know, on different platforms, uh, just whatever. I mean, just following up on priorities from the day that didn't get done. Um, You know, I mean, the task could even be personal. It could be like, you know, handling something for my family or an upcoming holiday or whatever that just couldn't get squeezed into the day. And I've got to do it in the overnight period before the next day starts or the next day will sweep it off the table, Right. So there's always that tipping point of like, am I going to go with number one, number two, or number three? And so going into that period at night, knowing that there's something very specific that I'm going to handle, that I'm going to take care of, that's a huge deal. That's a really, really big deal. And that's really, really helpful uh, for me to, to have thought ahead and know before the day even starts, when everybody goes to bed at night, this is the priority. This is the thing that I'm going to do. So all this was to say, guys, I mean, some of this is a repeat from a couple episodes ago, but all of this is to say that my new approach to this, my new habit that I'm going to start uh, implementing right away is that I do keep a to-do list on my phone. Even though I prefer paper and pen to-do list and I'm always going to use paper and pen to-do list, I recognize that I'm not always carrying a paper and pen. Sometimes it's just the phone that's on me. If there's one possession that's going to be on me, 99.9% of the time is the phone. So there's a to-do list on there that I use to just jot down as things occur to me. Like, oh, I gotta do this, oh, I gotta do that. Oh, I forgot about this, I forgot about that. So I jot things down there and then I can transfer them over to paper and pen as required. You know, like the next time that I go to paper and pen, I can look at the phone and be like, okay, these are some of the things I wrote down to do and these are some of the things I need to do, you know, today. So in that to-do list, at the very top of it, I'm gonna put numbers one, two, and three. Okay, there's going to be, you know, like one dot, then next line, two dot, three dot. And those three numbers are going to signify those three points in the day for the next day. So it'll literally be item one is wake up the next day. Item two is engage with work first thing the next day. Now, if it's a weekend, 
that could be a little bit different. That could even be like a blank spot because it's going to be like, hey, we're not really, we don't have that, that trigger point in the day to even, to even engage like that. You know, basically we get up on the weekend and it's pretty much family time and, and there's only uh, maybe a little bit of work squeezed in before everybody gets up, right? So that might be blank on the weekends now that I think about it. But anyway, then item three, the third position is the overnight. That's the everybody's asleep. It's time for Chris to get back to work position. Okay, so that's one, two, and three. And then below that will be the normal to-do list that I that I usually keep there and stuff like that. Okay. So, thing is, guys, this is something I'm really, you know, really kind of excited about because it's a process improvement. It's just taking something that I've been sleepwalking through, literally in some cases. I mean, you know, on those wake-ups or even those overnights. And, and literally, like, saying, no, I'm not sleepwalking through this anymore. I'm going to have thought ahead and planned ahead to these three moments and armed myself with the proper planning to then turn those moments into productivity. And the closest person I can think of to this habit, although it's not quite this thing that he taught in his course, is Sam Ovens. You know, Sam Ovens was consulting.com, you know, took his consulting accelerator course back in 20, uh, late 2020, early 21. Um, and he, he, t- he, you know, he was like, you have to plan the next day today. Like, if you don't plan tomorrow, today, you already failed. And he was very strict about that. He had a very stringent kind of outlook on that and approach to that, which I don't necessarily disagree with. It's just something I haven't really gotten into the habit of doing. But I think by narrowing it down to these three moments, it may be an easier habit for me to start uh, putting into place and really falling back on day to day. So that's something I'm definitely going to, um, you know, I'm definitely going to start doing right away. Uh, in fact, you know, unless I mess up, today will be the first day I do that for Saturday, right? That'll be the, the you know, I'll be planning for the Saturday. But um, in doing that, um, it'll be a situation where I probably will leave the, the second position blank because there is no, you know, setting up in the office or setting up at a desk. Uh, kind of trigger moment to get the work going at that point, right? It's going to be, it's going to be more so at the wake up point and the overnight point. Okay, so that's really where I am with that. That's that's what I kind of um, plan to do with that going forward. So I'll let you guys know how that's going. I and mean, obviously, this is something I talked about a couple episodes ago. Is that you? I think you have to look at your, you have to look at your habits and your daily rhythm and constantly tweak them constantly look at them like, okay, you know, what, what can I do better? What can I do more of? What can I do less of? What can I do in this order? What can I do in a different order? How do I get the most out of every 24 hours? Everybody's got, I mean, this is, you know, so cliche, it's ridiculous. Everybody's got the same 168 hours in the week, right? I think that's right. Seven times 24. Everybody's got that 168. You got to use the 168 to the optimum extent possible to map to whatever your ambition is. So if you got a lot of stuff going on, you got to squeeze every last drop of juice out of that 168. If you have a little less going on, maybe you're okay with saying like, hey, I've got these parts of the day where I just zone out and that's good and that's restorative. And I, I definitely have those and I definitely will be retaining some of those even with this new routine uh, where I say, okay, you know, I'm definitely going to still watch certain shows. I'm still going to I mean, obviously, the number, number one priority is spending time with my family, but, you know, even just for myself, like, you know, there's certain things I just, you know, kind of curiosities I like to look up online or 
little, you know, research things that I get into or whatever, uh, you know, uh, you know, just being sort of inquisitive about, uh, you know, different historical things, things like that. So that's just a little bit of a window into sometimes how I get diverted and why I'm okay getting diverted because those things interest me and they're still part of who I am. So it's not about stamping out every last minute of downtime or zoning out or enjoying yourself or anything like that. You got to still do some of that. You got to have some of that. But anyway, so I'll let you guys know how this is going. This is definitely something that's kind of a big deal to me uh, because I definitely know that I need to do more. Like whatever I'm doing right now, I got to do more than that. So anyway, wanted to share that with you guys. The other thing that was just kind of funny as I left for this appointment today, uh, I was just kind of walking out on the TV screen. There was this whole thing about, you know, uh, President Biden's going to make a presentation about inflation you know, or, or something about the economy or whatever. And they, they put up like one at the Chiron at the bottom or whatever, like the little banner uh, at the bottom of the screen. It said something like, you know, Biden says top priority is fighting inflation. And it's just like, you know, these things crack me up. I mean, like, I got to tell you, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, because once you see this stuff, like once you feel like you understand this stuff, like this kind of stuff just drives you mad. I mean, like, guess what, bro? You cause the inflation. And I don't mean you, meaning President Biden. In fact, President Biden is the least culpable president out of the last four uh, that, that have caused inflation. I mean, Bush, Obama, Trump really caused this inflation from a you know from the primary standpoint of printing so much money during their tenure and then all that money just getting bottled up and then getting you know kind of flooded out into the economy over time and just you know it catches up right i mean there's just too many dollars chasing too few goods i mean this is this is basic stuff uh that i think you know is widely accepted on the one hand but it's just not like publicly promulgated on media channels like you just don't hear this stuff out there right so when I see like a president or a politician saying like, you know, we need to fight inflation, it's like, you guys caused the inflation. Like if you want to fight inflation, fire yourself. Like, you know, go away. Stop doing what you do every day, which is squandering the little wealth that the country has left. Um, you know, it's all, I mean, it's all debt anyway at this point. It's all you know, it's all smoke and mirrors anyway. So there really is no wealth there. I mean, you know, the country's 30 trillion in debt or whatever the heck it is. So there's nothing there anyway. But but just digging this hole deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like, come on, guys. Like, for God's sake. You know what I mean? So it's just hilarious to me. Absolutely hilarious when you see this stuff about... Um, when you see this stuff about, you know, you know, politician X, you know, talked about, you know, fighting inflation or you know, doing whatever to inflation or whatever. It's like, look, we only have the inflation because of you guys, right? We're only experiencing this because of you guys. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, I mean, and I'm not saying there are no other factors. I'm not saying that, um, you know, there's absolutely nothing else that causes inflation, okay? I mean, there's other problems going on that that are not helpful right now. You know, supply chain issues, uh, you know, obviously the pandemic didn't didn't really help anything. Um, you know, stuff like that, right? So, so I'm not you know waving off every other possible explanation. And quite frankly, some of those explanations do make President Biden more culpable. They do make him more at fault because he is the guy kind of sitting there with the chance to implement maybe some solutions or whatever to those things. But really, the the main thing that got us here, okay, this whole you know just print, print, print. Okay, you know, print money, print money, print money, print money. You know, that that really wasn't him. 
I mean, that really hasn't been President Biden's fault. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously every president has to borrow, so he's borrowing too. But his borrowing is the least of the four, and it hasn't really taken an effect yet. Okay, it's it's going to take time for it to take effect. Okay, you know, these other guys, they they printed and printed and printed, and you know, they their stuff is what's really kind of caught up to us here. You know, it's TARP, it's quantitative easing, one, two, three, four. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, uh, the Federal Reserve buying billions of, of everything, you know, during the, the pandemic to try to stimulate the economy and keep things from collapsing in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, you know, and you can argue that some of this stuff is understandable. You could say, hey, Chris, you know, if we didn't do that stuff, you know, the economy was going to collapse, like the whole, the whole ship was going to go down. You know, and I get it. Like, I understand. You know, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I understand why it was done at the time. Okay. But you just got to understand, like, you got to pay a bill on this, right? When you do this stuff, when you print this stuff, you know, when you buy all these, uh, you know, when you buy all these um, bonds and do all this crazy stuff the Federal Reserve was doing, you got to pay a bill, right? I mean, the bill comes due. And the bill has come due here, guys. And, and, and that's why I don't think this inflation is anywhere near ending. I mean, like, if you think this is bad, like, oh, God, it's 8.5%. What are we going to do? Like, like, guess what? You better buckle up because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's only more to come, guys. And I mean, like, this whole thing of, like, oh, the Fed's raising rates. where you know, they're going to tighten things up, blah, blah, blah. They can only do that for so long, guys. They can only do that for so long. What happens when the next shockwave hits the economy? Market crash, housing market collapse. Another war happens, nuke goes off somewhere, North Korea saber rattling. I mean, you, you name it. I mean, just throw something out there and you get a heavy perturbation to the system. Guess what? That's when the Fed normally lowers rates to stimulate the economy and bring things back around. So what happens in this case when they know they should be raising rates, but they got to lower them because there's an economic shockwave hitting us and there's some, some relief needed? Well... They're going to lower rates. They're going to start buying more bonds. They're going to pump more money out there. And it's going to add to the inflation. It's going to make 8.5% look pleasant. 8.5%, that is. It's going to make you know 10% look pleasant. right? It's going to make 12% look pleasant when we hit that point. So, frankly, even if we don't hit that point, I think there's more inflation to come. I think, I think this number is going to go up. But I really believe that we are going to get trapped and painted into a corner. And I talked about this, I think, earlier in the week as well. Um, I th- in fact, I think I ran you through that scenario about the rate the rate crunch. But, you know, seeing this thing on the TV just, whatever, a half hour ago kind of triggered me a little bit, guys. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of at the point right now where I'm like, geez, you know, we're just collectively going to be blissfully ignorant about this, and it's just going to really, really harm us in the long run, uh, or the short run, I should say. I think we don't have that much longer to wait for this to really be a painful experience for us. So just had to get that off my chest, guys. I know I actually uh, broke through my protocol of doing five to 10 minute podcast episodes as we hit the 23 minute mark here. Um, but I just had these two subjects that I kind of wanted to uh, get out to you guys before the weekend started. So be back next week with more uh, episodes. Who knows, may even record over the weekend. But um, anyway, hope everybody's doing good. Hope everybody has a great Friday, great weekend. Um, you can follow me over on Twitter, guys, at uh, CJ Anastasio. I'm always kind of ranting about something over there. Uh, you can go to Facebook page at Christopher Anastasio LLC. I like to just kind of log in all the different thoughts and little projects I'm working on over there. You guys can check that out on uh, Facebook. 
We're definitely appreciate you guys uh, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Talk soon. Bye-bye.